Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. The government announced plans to protect women in public places by putting police officers undercover in nightclubs, because a return to the chaperone system is exactly what feminism is calling for right now. Facing calls from five of its members to resign, Nicola Sturgeon says she stands by every word of her evidence to the Alex Salmon Committee, particularly the bit where she muttered under her breath and called him a cunt. The EU threatens to block exports of the Pfizer vaccine to the UK unless it sees reciprocity from Britain. It's bad enough that Ursula von der Leyen seems willing to give Brexiteers all the ammo they need to ignore the colossal drop in export revenue, but using a word like reciprocity is just taking the piss. I didn't even realise I occasionally roll my R's like Jonathan Ross until I started this podcast, and now it's like she wants me to feel self-conscious. And finally, Boris Johnson insists the AstraZeneca vaccine is perfectly safe before receiving it himself on Friday. It was optimistic thinking on the part of the Prime Minister, as any nurse with a sharp object is somewhat of a liability around him at the moment. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore, and you're listening to another episode of IC News. We're back in the media bakery with all the journalistic petty fours you can eat. We can only apologise if you have allergies, however, as there's always a good chance the stories we've got for you have been prepared in an environment that also contains racist wingnuts. It's just one of the dangers of covering British politics these days, I'm afraid. It's been an uncomfortable and soul-searching week for Britain here on Earth Prime. The death of Sarah Everard and the subsequent charging of a serving Metropolitan Police officer with her murder has sparked a national outcry and a baffling response from the government. The Tories have gauged the national mood and decided that the best way to protect women is not by taking steps to address wider societal misogyny, but by putting undercover cops in nightclubs because if there's one thing that's going to make women less wary of men with ulterior motives watching them closely on a night out, it's the state paying more men with ulterior motives to watch them closely on a night out. Potentially the same men, by the way, who violently dragged women to the ground and arrested them at the peaceful candlelit vigil for Miss Everard last weekend. If you think it's been a bad week for women here in Britain, you'll probably be utterly unsurprised to hear that some men haven't been enjoying the national debate either. Here's Alison June-Smith with a few choice words for them. Not all men. You've heard it before. You've heard it again this week. You'll hear it every single time something awful happens. And you'll keep hearing it because it's a sentence that's used to shut down the debate about how we stop those awful things happening. Not all men are rapists, sexual abusers, or street harassers. Not all men are responsible for those things. Not all men should think about how they conduct themselves in public because they're afraid of how they might be perceived. Not all men deserve to hear that something needs to be done. Well, here's another one for you. 
Not all men are whiny little bitches who make the senseless murder of an innocent woman who was just walking home all about them and their precious feelings. So why don't you shut the fuck up and try being one of those men for once? You know, instead of jumping down the throat of every woman online who chooses to give their pain a voice? Does your fedora, your soul patch, and your valiant attitude somehow reverse time and unrape that woman venting on Twitter? No. Then take a second and step back, Sparky, and consider whether or not jumping in to defend yourself against an accusation that has fuck all to do with you does anything other than invalidate her suffering. Hi, men everywhere. I'm Allison June Smith a woman. And I'm here today to tell you all something you may not have realized. We know it's not all men. We know plenty of you are decent guys who would never choose to hurt a woman. On behalf of all women, at this time of great suffering for not all men, I'd like to apologize to each and every one of you. We're terribly sorry that violence against women upsets you so much. All we ask is that you take a second and consider the possibility that we might not be too fond of it either. It's been just under a week since the vigil for Sarah Everard, and her murder has sparked yet another national conversation about what it means to be a woman in our society. For many of us, being a woman means living with a constant low level of sexual aggression and harassment. For a significant number of us, it means changing our habits and our behaviors to better protect ourselves. And for far too many of us, it means surviving. And in the very worst cases, not surviving. Sexual assault and gendered violence. It's an uncomfortable conversation, sure. But it sure is a fuck an important one. And men... If you actually want to help with any of this, the least you can do is learn to engage with the debate in good faith. That's why I'm here today, to hopefully provide you with some tools to help the women in your life who may be suffering with this conversation. Every national tragedy, like the death of Sarah Everard, stirs up the ghosts of trauma for thousands of women everywhere. And it's only natural for men to want to support them. So here's how you do it. In one simple step. Just listen. That's it. Really fucking listen. And when you're done listening, reflect. If the process makes you angry, take a breath and see if you can figure out where that anger actually comes from. If you've truly listened, you'll have heard just a sample of the thousands of different ways women are made to feel threatened and undervalued every single day. From the unnecessary hands on our bodies in everyday interactions, to the uncomfortable stares, to the unwanted dick pics, the mountain of bullshit women endure just to exist is enormous. At its greatest and most terrible peak, women die. But at its base, it's made up of a foundation of countless thousands of everyday behaviors that men don't often even consider to be a problem. If being called out on those behaviors is the source of your anger, congratulations. 
The person you're mad at is yourself. And that's the first step towards becoming a better person. Or if working on yourself feels like too much hard work, you could just call me a bitch and a slut and walk off in a huff. I don't really care anymore. I'm fucking done babysitting the feelings of not all men. I've been taking the long, better lit walk home at night with my house keys between my fingers for the best part of 20 years now. It's about fucking time some of you started feeling uncomfortable in public, too. I'm Allison June Smith, reporting for IC News. It's not just candlelit vigils that face an uncertain future in terms of how they will be policed in this country moving forwards. Under proposed new laws put forward by the government this week, the right to protest in any capacity in Britain is facing potentially chilling and draconian new restrictions. Covid lockdown measures have thus far been a convenient excuse to crack down on political demonstrations that risk embarrassing the government, but it's a crackdown that the Tories now want to preserve for future use by enshrining it in British law. We now go live to the latest incarnation of our perpetually disposable correspondent, Rob Mulholland, who's been travelling the multiverse this week in the hope of demonstrating just how dangerous the proposed new laws could be. Hello everyone, I'm Rob25. Yep, you heard that right. Twenty-fucking-five. I'm not even a man anymore. I'm nothing but a number, a fleshy commodity, a tax write-off in the expenses column. I've watched 24 of my parallel selves from across the multiverse die in the line of duty working for this network, and I say, enough is enough. Unless something major changes and we start getting treated with some decency and respect, this is the last story this piece of shit network is going to get from any Rob Mulholland. Isn't that right, lads? Yeah! 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 Alright, hang on a minute, Rob, and other Robs. Let's not get carried away. No. No, Sam. This isn't your moment to talk. I'm a whole parallel dimension away and I can hear your asshole twitching. And good! You should be nervous. Thankfully for you, though, Sam, I, just like so many of my fallen brothers, am a consummate professional. I will be leading a protest movement against this network's treatment of my people, but only when I've finished my latest work assignment. In fact, it just so happens that those two interests align rather nicely this week. I can't think of a better time to highlight the importance of direct action through political protest. The Police, Crime, Sentencing and Courts Bill passed its second reading on Tuesday. The bill is a massive piece of legislation covering reforms to just about every aspect of the criminal justice system. It's also an absolute shit sandwich. There's plenty of bread and butter for the Conservative base in there, tougher penalties for knife carriers and killer drivers, for example. But between that bread and butter, the bill tries to sneak in some seriously disgusting and dystopian fillings. Okay, so what are your concerns about the contents of the bill? Once again, Sam, this is not a fucking debate. So why don't you sit down and be quiet and let me finish my work? There'll be plenty of time for you to engage constructively at the end of this report, all right? All right, Rob. You go ahead. Thank you, my benevolent overlord. 
As I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted, there are proposals in this bill that have serious repercussions for our civil liberties. If this bill passes into law without any serious rewrites, it will hand power to the Home Secretary to define whether or not proposed protests risk serious disruption, either to the wider community or to the activities of an organisation. That doesn't sound too horrifying on paper, but the Home Office is essentially writing itself a blank cheque to define just what level of disruption it finds acceptable. Police are set to be handed powers to impose conditions on demonstrations, with excuses as flimsy as whether or not they risk a relevant impact on the persons in the vicinity of the protest. As we saw with the vigil for Sarah Everard last Sunday night, giving the police more powers to decide for themselves where the line between protest and disruption lives is a dark fucking path. As if that's not enough, the bill also creates new public nuisance law that would make causing serious annoyance or inconvenience a crime punishable by up to 10 years imprisonment. That's a longer sentence than you'd get for most sex crimes, and it's one that's also being introduced in the bill as a potential punishment for defacing monuments and statues. You know, just in case you were wondering where this government's pathetic culture war priorities lie. Turns out that Pretty Patel will create laws to protect women, but only if they're made of brass, live on a plinth and used to be a fucking slave trader. Protests are disruptive by their very nature. They are the only way the public can express their anger and outrage at a government or institution that has failed them. As the civil liberties group Liberty put it this week, our right to protest is not and should never be viewed as a gift from the state. This bill is sloppy, ill thought out and utterly draconian and we need to be calling it the fuck out while we're still allowed to. Which is what's brought me here, Sam. This is Earth Bravo Delta Swampy 1984, and here the policing bill passed into law in its entirety a couple of years ago. It's a perfect place to demonstrate just how authoritarian and excessive this proposed crackdown on protests risks becoming. And it's where the new union of Rob Mulholland's will take a stand. What do we want? Workplace protections! When do we want them? Now! Well, this isn't ideal. What do we want? Workplace protections! When do we want them? Now! Hello, hello, hello. What's going on here, then? Ha! And here we have it. The machinery of the state. The violent tools of oppression. Well, you're not going to stop us, pig. We've deliberately timed this protest outside trading hours, so we're not disrupting anything. That may well be true, sir, but there's still a good chance that you're having a relevant impact on people in the vicinity. Oh, please, what are you talking about? Excuse me, officer. Hello, who said that? Me, sir, on the monitor. This protest, I'm, uh, I'm feeling very impacted. What? That's ridiculous! Sam, you piece of shit! He's not even in the same dimension! Nevertheless, sir, we decide if you're annoying or not these days, and this gentleman says he's annoyed. So pile on, lads! Crack some fucking skulls! Oh, fuck you, Sam. Fuck you very much. I'm Rob25, and this is what you get for attempting to protest in the sunlit uplands, reporting for IC News. There we go, there's that little union problem sorted. I don't think I've ever been so erect. Wow, this must be what Jeff Bezos feels like all the time. 
Protests, of course, tend to happen because people read and hear things in the news that they don't like and then respond to them. Humans are terribly reactionary like that. But never fear, because right-wingers have a solution for that problem too. Control of the media narrative is all that's needed to shape public opinion, and mouldering ghouls like Rupert Murdoch have been slipping in behind the British public like Patrick Swayze's ghost for decades now. He's held his gnarled, demonic hands over ours and helped shape our opinions for us, and it's a death grip he's showing no willingness to release any time soon. Next spring, Murdoch will be launching a new right-wing news network in the UK in direct competition with Andrew Neil's GB News Endeavour, which will be launching at the same time. Both networks have pledged to combat left-wing bias and woke culture, which we're all tremendously excited about. After all, Fox News in the States has created an entire generation of people so fantastically detached from reality that we may as well get on board and just accept the bloody and terrible end of the human race right now. Here today to discuss the future landscape of British broadcast media, it's our resident conspiracy theorist and general media sceptic, Danny Sutcliffe. Hello, Sam. Thanks for having me, and death to the BBC. Okay, bold opener. Clearly, you've decided there's space for another primetime competitor to the nation's public service broadcaster. I guess my first question then, Danny, is what you think GB News and Murdoch's News UK are going to bring to the table. Well, that's obvious, Sam, isn't it? They're going to bring exactly what this country has been crying out for. Real opposition to the militant left-wing status quo. The militant left-wing status quo in this country being... Hang on, just let me check. Yep, the 11th consecutive year of Conservative Party rule, aided and abetted by the majority support of the British print media. Does that seem about right to you? Oh, grow up, Sam. You know as well as I do that the balance of power in this country doesn't lie with the politicians. It lies with the mob. Are you talking about the mob who elected Boris Johnson's government with an 80-seat majority? Because that's just the electorate, Danny. No, Sam. The mob! Social justice warriors and sanctimonious woke lords. Fascists with placards and slogans brainwashing our kids and wielding the cudgel of cancel culture to silence dissenting voices. Yeah, I thought you might mean that. It's just that, well, dissent sort of implies a challenge to the current orthodoxy. I'm just making the point that the current orthodoxy is actually pretty right-wing. Exactly! Only pretty right-wing. There's plenty of space to nudge it even further, and GB News and Rupert Murdoch are out to do just that! Just think of the Overton window, Sam. OK, that's the window of discourse, right? The range of policies that are politically acceptable to the population at any given time. That's the one. Right now, under Boris Johnson's government, the Overton window overlooks the garage on the right-hand side of the political house. It's a nice enough garage, full of misplaced Brexit triumphalism and petty xenophobia. But think what we could achieve with just a little push from Andrew Neil. Manufacture just enough consent and the Overton window could become a skylight on the Holocaust Museum next door. Jesus, Danny, you're supposed to be a libertarian. You can't tell me that's an outcome you actually want. Oh, please, Sam, save me your liberal tears. You've had Dr Zeus and Sharon Osborne this week. You won't be getting me too. I'm Danny Sutcliffe, journalist and champion of free speech. A man unafraid to speak his mind against the agenda of the media elites. A white man, no less. A white, straight man. I can't stress that enough. Ah, okay, I see what's going on here. 
No, you don't. I'm being my authentic self, and you don't get to censor me. Danny, it's pretty obvious you can drop the act. This is no act, Sam. This is who I am. I stand firm against the tide, a brave little soldier in the war on woke. I speak my truth for all the oppressed white men out there. Danny, seriously, I'm not a fucking idiot. I show no fear in the face of the confexing outrage of the mob. I refuse to change just because social media pressures me. I still proudly refer to Chinese takeaways using that word. You know the one I mean. Danny, enough. You are not Piers Morgan. I have no idea what you mean by that. Oh, please, if you were any more transparent, you could be the fucking Overton window. It's pretty obvious that you've read the story about GB News and Murdoch scrapping over who gets to sign Piers Morgan first. And I've no doubt they'll be snapping up every reactionary blowhard and proto-fascist simpleton they can nab in the months ahead. I'm guessing this little show you're currently putting on is nothing more than an audition. And I've got to say, Danny, I expected better of you. Really? You did? Yes, I did. Don't get me wrong, you're an absolute fucking nightmare. You can't open your mouth without committing libel. Your expense account is clearly mostly Class A drugs. And every time you go undercover, we end up drowning in lawsuits. And don't think I'm not aware that you piss in the water cooler when you think nobody's looking. There are cameras, Danny. Lots and lots of cameras. But for all of your borderline psychopathic flaws, you are not Piers Morgan. Do Do you mean that, Sam? Yes. Yes, I do. You're one of the single worst people I have ever met. But even you, Danny, are not Piers Morgan. Oh, that's one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me. Wow, that's a low bar. I'm sorry, Sam. I just got a bit carried away. The thought of all that money. It's enough to make anybody spout off a load of baseless, inflammatory culture war bullshit. Yeah, I know. But you're not Piers Morgan, Danny. You're not even Nigel Farage. Or Nick Ferrari, or Tom Harwood, or Darren Grimes, or Toby Young, or Jesus Christ, it really is all white men, isn't it? Stop it! You're making me blush! Really? Most of the time I just assume that's because you're drunk. It's a safe assumption. So do you think we can agree that you don't need to audition for GB News or Rupert Murdoch, and that possibly, just possibly, two new right-wing news networks might be the last thing the UK actually needs? But what about cancel culture, Sam? Don't you worry your pretty little head about cancel culture, Danny. It's not going anywhere. I'm pretty sure Rupert Murdoch and Andrew Neil have already got a whole bunch of it ready to make up. OK, then. I'm going home then, pal. I'm just going to stop off at the water cooler first. Again, Danny, there are cameras. (laughs) Then you'll see me having a lovely drink, won't you? I'm Danny Sutcliffe, and you'll never catch me reporting for IC News. Danny's report, if you can even begin to call it that, brings us to the end of our broadcast. As always, we leave you now. Danny, for fuck's sake! (laughs) Death for the BBC! As I was saying, we'll be back next week, but we leave you now with the headlines you may have missed. The German health minister warns that Europe does not have enough vaccines to see off a third wave of coronavirus. In an announcement that has your Brexit voting uncle masturbating furiously into his Union Jack wheelie bin. Labour's candidate in the Hartlepool by-election apologises for an old tweet asking, do you have a favourite Tory MILF? Personally, I've got loads, provided MILF stands for Muppet I'd like to fire. 
The UK is to lift the cap on its nuclear stockpile and instead produce more warheads, in the right-wing nationalist equivalent of buying a big red sports car as part of your midlife crisis. But you know, one that could end all life on Earth, as well as an unhappy marriage to the EU. And finally, Prince Philip leaves hospital after a month to recuperate at home, and will be following the advice of his doctors by avoiding mirrors, garlic, silver, sharp wooden sticks, Meghan Markle and direct sunlight. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you and goodbye. The EU threatens to block exports of the Pfizer vaccine to the UK unless it sees reciprocity. Unless it sees reciprocity. Reciprocity. Unless it sees reciprocity. The EU threatens to ban exports of the Pfizer vaccine to the UK unless it sees reciprocity. I hate it here and want to die! Hello again. It's me, Danny Sutcliffe. I'm here today with a right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of my van. Although that is also primo stuff, so meet me behind odd bins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, we've got a special offer for you. Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick though, this deal is limited to the first 500 patrons and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support and we hope you enjoy the show. And no, it's not badger meat. And if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar.